Hey guys, this is what I need you to do this week. I need you to grab your guy liner. I need you to grab your mascara. I need you to get your tight pants and get your bulge in order because we're talking about Labyrinth. You know what? Let's just start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, guys, this week we are talking about um, the late, great David Bowie uh, and Labyrinth. Um, so I kind of want to start off actually just talking about David Bowie and, and, um, and inf- like how he kind of influenced my life. I think everybody probably has that story here. Um, oh, by the way, I'm your host, Cody Everett. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I, uh, you know, when I was, when I was in uh, school, the real cool bands like Limp Bizkit, POD and stuff like that were around. And um, I hadn't really listened to uh, real music. <laughs> he took any excuse to drop Limp Bizkit. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm saying that a real cool band. No, no, no. I'm just say- <laughs> I'm just saying that in a sarcastic way because, like I, I was just saying, uh, I-, I didn't really discover real music until somebody introduced me to David Bowie, and it just kind of set me on this whirlwind of finding music that was, uh, in my opinion, completely out of the box, which opened me up to like just a brand new world of like glam rock and just the uh, ideas of I guess what a man and sexuality can be to who it can be um mm-hmm. and and stuff like that so uh for me uh I have a lot of memories listening to his music with a lot of people that um I want to remember in my life I have a lot of good memories about it so just uh, his passing was was uh, hit me hard for some reason. Like I'm not usually hit hard by celebrity deaths, but that one, that one did. Um, so I'm very happy that we're covering this film. Um, what a lot of people don't know is a little backstage story behind the scenes. Um, is we originally picked The Hunger, but so many people came out and asked us to review Labyrinth. We decided to change it. Yeah, and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm a little bummed about, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm not gonna lie; did want to talk about the hunger, but labyrinth it's is definitely all... more the. Uh, I think the obscured one of the more obscured. David well, there's, no, there's nothing so. saying we won't possibly do that film later. later. In the line, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Just that we had more people. This felt. This, this felt. Movie. Yeah, this felt better to, for the fans. Sure. Oh, for David Bowie fans, definitely. Because it... was he in the hunger for two minutes? No, <laughs> <laughs> I just think a lot. A lot of people really. Knew, found out who David Bowie was through this movie. Through this movie, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, and that's the kind of crazy thing too is like I didn't see this movie as a kid, so I, I came in this movie as like a teenager. So seeing it through uh, older eyes. Yeah, you know what I will say. Um, I'm with you. I didn't actually see Labyrinth until I, I was in high school, probably, and I'm kind of bummed that I that I that I waited that long to see it because I think it swayed my opinion on the film. Okay. All right. Well, uh, anybody else have any Bowie stories while we're a little downtrodden, and then we'll bring it right back up because I kind of bring brought it brought it down a little bit. No, I mean I think I think you hit you hit a lot of what yeah. what, what the mass of people kind of have the yeah. opinion of. Like he really did 
you know, help change the face of rock and roll, introduce new ideas, new concepts. Like, you yeah, know. but and what I love about what what you're saying is like he think about like a Marilyn Manson type character. David Bowie was what that was before Marilyn Manson existed. Oh, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, I mean, he was like, it was like, oh my God, this is so weird. Like when Kiss came out, that was so weird. You know what I mean? So he broke like down barriers, like what you were saying, and like, mm-hmm. or what Cody was saying, and like sexuality and what you could show, what you could get away with, and how you could be avant garde and still marketable. And yeah, you know, he really like encompassed a lot of that, like fashion, music, film, art, culture, and uh, and and you know, that's why everybody really loves him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He, he appeals to a very, very, very wide audience. So let's talk about everyone's <coughs> favorite movie of his, Labyrinth. Not my favorite. Not your favorite <laughs> movie of his. <laughs> okay. <coughs> but no, it's okay. Labyrinth, man. <laughs> Jim so, Henson. Wow. Jim Henson. Give away that rating. Give away that <laughs> Give rating, that. Chris. No, let's, let's, so let's get into it then. What I mean, you know what? Let's just jump right into it, Chris. Dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, not enough David Bowie junk in your in your face. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> yeah. No. Dislike no, I don't want to get into dislikes right now. I mean like like honestly, the film is like loved by many because of its, you know, it, it's something it's a family film if you if you ask me. Well see it's got some dark elements to it. I mean, don't get me wrong, but this is this is a family film. I kind of disagree with that. I mean, it, yes, it is a family film, but also like you know, after reading up on this movie and kind of getting uh, other perspectives and, and people's thoughts on it, um, the thing that I, I that I kind of kind of came to the conclusion of, and I agree with a lot of people, is that it's a coming of age tale about a, a girl turning into a woman, um, and like her dealing with that in some psychosomatic way. <laughs> like, as far oh. as like, if you think about it, all those creatures are are things in her in her bedroom, mm-hmm. right? And um, she's dealing with. And they even say it in the beginning of the movie that like the Goblin King is in love with the girl who gives away the baby, right? Um, and and she obviously has some sort of attraction to him, mm-hmm. um, and it, I think it's more or less of her trying to deal with like that and deal with all like it's all if you realize it's all men she's <clears throat> dealing with. Yeah, I'm sure there's a whole metaphor. Well, to not this film. not true. I mean, one of the one of the, her conflicting characters in the film is her stepmother. Like obviously that that's a that's I, I I'm looking at it even a deeper level. I think I think a lot of this has to deal with like that kind of stress of losing her mother and f- kind of feeling lost in the world. So she's diving deeper into these well that and like, this world of fantasy to get away from reality. Well, also giving up like their childhood to take care of her brother and being more responsible. Yeah, is that it's like an Alice sure. in Wonderland kind actually, of story. Yeah. I, what I I mean, actually, I, that's something that, that I or Return to, to Oz. I want yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I wanted to go on. I mean, we we discussed this in the in the Return to Oz episode. The idea of escaping to a world um, to escape your reality, right? And yeah, where you're you, where you're a more important person to some extent. Um, it's it's actually interesting. This film has the exact same, well, I should say, what what came out first? This came out before Return to Oz, right? I have no idea. This was 86. I didn't even like Return to Oz. Well, regardless <laughs> of the fact it, it You would have David Bowie was it has in the it. Exi- I would have. <laughs> it uses the exact same like cinematic tools of uh, foreshadowing what she's going to see yeah. in the fantasy realm by showing things that are in her room, things mm-hmm. that are within her life, mm-hmm. and then personifying that in this fantasy realm. Right. Yeah. It does the exact same thing. Yeah. And uh, you see uh, Wizard of Oz books scattered throughout her 
room actually yeah and to, to actually allude to that and yeah. they actually you get a clear shot of it too when uh she's in the f- uh, the fake version of her room yeah the old lady with the trash on on top of her hands are the book wizard of oz so mm-hmm. it's right there too yeah in, in cl- plain sight so mm-hmm. yeah no there's there's yeah i agree there's a definitely a deeper meaning to this film sure not sure that i was like totally sold on it though really because i one of the things that i loved is that they went and created what i thought that oz failed at which was a darker world yes like much darker world like hoggle the first character you're introduced to is like probably the most complex character in the movie i would say from a writing aspect, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd I mean, say that. They, I mean, he's he got no, a lot of character, or like a even character, a lot development. Of character <laughs> development, and a lot, yeah. of, a lot of changes in motivation like that he, happen. To he, him. I mean, he runs away six hundred times. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's going back and forth. He's constantly. He's the one that has. The, he has the most conflict. The dilemma. Internal conflict. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the he's actually really the only one. With, well, no, Sarah has some to some extent. Later, yeah. later on, she could when have they a ask perfect her, life without her listen, brother. you could leave. You could leave and live your beautiful life without this baby taking up. All yeah. of this attention, you know, yeah. attention, yeah, from you. Yeah, good I point, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> where, that, where was that going? You just dropped off there. No, no, I'm just, I'm just. We we were discussing about whether or not she was the he, Hoggle was the only character that had any. Kind I like of the, the I, I do like the way that Hoggle set up though. The first scene you see him, he's just killing fairies. Yeah, he's just off in fairies and one well, after another, and, and pissing in and pissing in a pond. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's there's a lot of pissing in this movie. <laughs> there's a lot of piss in this movie. There's a lot, there's of, a lot of phallic images. Yeah, and there's a lot of buttholes. A lot yeah. of buttholes. A lot oh, of piss. Yeah, definitely in the swamp, right? Oh, yeah. The whole swamp's like buttholes. Five, five <laughs> buttholes. Just, just piping hot buttholes. <laughs> yeah, just spewing up green diarrhea <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> they originally were gonna go yeah. with five butthole swamp, but thought that was too. What was that joke? Yeah. So, what does it look like? What he's asking? What does it look like? And they're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, it's like it doesn't matter what it looks like. You you understand. You're the set designer. Well, it's just shit. What are we gonna do? Just make it look like buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a smelly swamp. I don't. I don't know what else to do. I felt like David Bowie really wasn't in this movie that much. Really? Yeah. He's in it a hell of a lot more than I'd say with the hunger. Yeah, I would say that too. And uh, he's, I, I mean, at least he's singing. I wasn't really trying to he's compare singing, the two. But yeah, I mean, no, 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 I'm that's, just saying, that, that's I'm another aspect. It, is even if Bowie's not on screen, he's at least singing, so he's keeping you. Yeah. And, and his songs have something to do with her journey in one True. way or another, or their struggle mm-hmm. there. So he's always he's ever present in the film, and whether he's on screen or not. Oh yeah, he he's probably the most memorable thing about this film. His oh, package. I disagree. You disagree? <laughs> I, I mean, he's one of the most. Me- okay, I, I, I thought you meant that as like he's the only memorable thing about this movie. He said Sorry. one of one of, but I think there's a lot of memorable things in this movie. Okay, name like one. What the whole f- the all the puppetry? Well, that's like it's any amazing. other Muppet film or Jim any Henson. yeah anything else that you know like we you expect that. I mean, we've already gotten it. <laughs> so you're just gonna brush it aside? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's not like. I don't know. I guess it's, it doesn't stand out as much as say like uh, like like David Bowie's like ridiculous character as the Goblin King. Yeah, you don't, don't think the 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 Muppet character. You just, you think that David Bowie's character is more extravagant than I'm going to be honest yeah, see, with you. He definitely commands. He I definitely saw commands the screen more when he's. Oh, on. I agree. That. I saw this film when I was like I said in, like in high school probably, and I haven't seen it again until now. I did not remember one single puppet that was in this movie when going back into mm. it. I didn't like enough. None of them were like, "Oh, that's so and so. That's Hoggle. That's I, like I don't." I didn't. Re- oddly enough, I didn't remember Hoggle, and he has such a 
huge role in the film. The one I remember the most was the fox on the dog. I remember it was like, oh, shit, him. See, yeah, you guys. Best character. And this film. might be because so I'm the only one here that's, <laughs> so that's, that's 56 years old. But um, yeah. you, no. are, you are old as fuck. No, <laughs> we, <laughs> we did discuss uh, during, uh, uh, not what, what did we do? The he, his soul can't remember. Hocus Pocus. Soul the can't. The ho- when we, we, we discussed this during Hocus Pocus, yeah. how the, uh, the change in tone from the children's films of my generation, even as short as, what, like maybe five years between you and me, yeah. Chris, like how it changed from this really dark era of like where death was like a really possible scenario. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Dealing that was real thing. life. Things were, dangerous. yeah, everything was real life. This is about, you know, puberty we're talking about here. Pretty much. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like these are big, big things and big heavy handed, um, yeah. like thematic things that we're dealing with as opposed to something like Hocus Pocus where it's just kind of like a fun family comedy and no one's really in danger too much and we're not <laughs> too worried about anybody dying or anything like that. Like, if anything, we'll get so turned into a cat. For <laughs> me, for me, you guys are talking about how you don't remember any. I remember all these characters. I had this on VHS, this movie, and I probably watched this, oh, man, a hundred times. I was probably born, born too film. late, I honestly. loved this film. It's films like this, The Dark Crystal. Like Those are the films that I grew up at with. As it is being weird, the though. dark, the dark kids movies. Was it weird seeing this movie in theaters, being a thirty-year-old when everybody else was kids? I actually don't think <laughs> I saw this out. in theaters. I think it, I think it just. But I, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> we're discussing about how. <laughs> I know what you're trying to. Okay, I get it. I get it. Mike's five years older than everybody. Um, <laughs> like how I used to give a defined number to so the audience. That was yeah. five years, guys. Five years, guys. <laughs> Um, was it five? I thought it was This film uh, uh, didn't do well <laughs> box office-wise, but I feel like it must have had, it had a, a big gr- VHS. No, it had a oh, great resurgence, yeah. it had a great which is life. where it was. That's why I home saw video. it so many times. Had yeah. a great life on home video. Had uh-huh. a great life. Um, you know, I've, according to Jim Henson's son, like when uh, the, you know when this movie flopped, it, Jim Henson had a hard time with it. Uh, pretty much up to the point to where he died. When, but then when he was dying. He actually got to see the success of it in in the home video market, so he was, you know, kind of came to terms with it. Well, well this is right in the middle of video. This isn't. I mean, like, how soon did he die after? He died in 1990, and yeah. this was made in 1986. Yep. And yeah, and yeah. Well, you got to think like when something fails in theaters. It's going to go to VHS, what, six months afterwards? It's not going to pick up steam right off the bat because it's already fresh in the minds of people who were aware of it going to theaters. Uh-huh. It's when the younger generation, four or five years behind, start getting into movies, and they'll pick it up, and that's how it spreads. Also, videos became a lot cheaper as it moved into the 90s. Absolutely. Like in the and VHS, VCRs like... became more plentiful, yeah. easier to grab. This, is, mean, act- this is actually also uh, Jim Henson's last feature or yep. directorial feature debut. Well, he, he went out he with a good one. Another, he did. Yeah. Just like I said, the world he creates, um, you know, it's a dark world, even though everything has glitter on it. Yep. <laughs> um, even the air. Yeah. What but, was uh, that when Bowie first showed up, right? Wasn't there glitter all around? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. There's glitter on everything in this movie, man. <laughs> yeah. The fucking labyrinth is covered in glitter. Uh-huh. Like, you know, that was they what. They should have called him the Glitter King. That's what, Nilbog, <laughs> that's what Nilbog looks like before. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah before they. they that, that was actually Nilbog. Shitty southern. Town. Yeah, yeah, that's country what, living until, until <laughs> they left up the labyrinth. In. They, they, you know, you know what they said. They said they we need to we need to train change our game plan. We got to stop going for infant children and start going after the milk. 
Yeah. The milk market. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> and you see what happens. No, where and, the children and, are. And no meat. No, no meat. We got to cut that out. <laughs> they, should, they, should, just, they should run Labyrinth and Troll 2 side by side. And can I just say side. something? They got uglier when they got to Nilbog. They all inbreded. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they, well, they're they pretty ugly in this, but they, they weren't got bringing real ugly. In, They weren't bringing any, in any more infants. That's what so they had, to, they had to start creating on their own. Yeah. You That's know what? what? You get. Let's take a break. And we'll come back. We'll stop talking about Troll 2, and we'll, talk to <laughs> we'll start talking more about Labyrinth. Hello. Did you say hello? No, I said hello, but that's close enough. You're a worm, aren't you? Yeah, shot. You don't by any chance know the way through this labyrinth, do you? Oh, me? No, I'm just a worm. Oh. Come inside, meet the missus. No, thank you, but... I have to solve this labyrinth, but there aren't any turns or any openings or anything. It just goes on and on and... Well, you ain't looking right. It's full of openings. Hey, guys, we're back, and we're talking about Labyrinth. Um, so kind of want to break down the film after we got all of our emotions out of the way, all our feelings, um, and break down the film here uh, from a film standpoint. Kind of go into the synopsis a little bit if you don't know what it's about. It's about Sarah, Jennifer Conley. Um, she basically does not like her little brother and wishes him away <laughs> uh, to be taken by the Goblin King, who uh, sh- who comes into a room thrallingly and it's of, o- don't throbbingly. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and uh, you know she has. A, I feel like there's some sort of sexual tension there. But they yeah. don't. They don't really say it. There's a guy with a huge dick right <laughs> up in her bedroom. That yeah. kind of looks like a lesbian. <laughs> maybe, True. Maybe it was a lesbian fantasy. Um, and then it. <laughs> God damn it! Then it just it falls into this adventure tale of her going through a labyrinth trying to find uh, her brother before the thirteenth hour, uh, before he turns into a goblin by the Goblin King. So that's the synopsis. It was uh, directed by Jim Henson. It had a budget of twenty-five million. It only made about thirteen million at the box office, but later found its uh, home on home video. Um, kind of want to talk about the director a little bit. He he started the Muppets. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what he's yeah. famous for. He he probably also Sesame Street. That was probably his biggest contribution to. So- I mean, even to society. Yeah, yeah. See, that's how people learned how to read. That's how kids learned how to read. That's how I learned how to read. Essentially, that, that was your, that was your school away from school. I did. You got home yeah. and you watched Sesame Street, and Not it taught you everything you needed to know about life. Not me. PBS kicked it off. Now it's on HBO. What? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about this. Wow. I've heard yeah. about this. That's odd. What? Yeah, Sesame Street is now on HBO. Wow! So it's, you got you got to pay to get you got to pay to you got to play you got to pay to play. Do they, <laughs> yeah. pay to play? Do they, do they deal with the uh, the really hard hitting issues like <laughs> Oscar the Grouch has a drug addiction? <laughs> <laughs> they do. Bert and Ernie are, are uh, yeah. homicide detectives. <laughs> really? Is that what you got from Bert and Ernie? <laughs> hey, hey! I'm just I'm just I'm just remembering characters' What'd names and putting them in HBO. No one's ever heard of the uh, possibility that they were a gay couple. Obviously, living in the house. They, they talked were, about that. They for were just years. best friends, Mike. Yeah, why well, can't best friends be best friends? I want to. I want to say that I've lived with a lot Disney, of best Disney friends. Was, uh, not Disney. I'm sorry. I want to even say that Sesame Street even and wait a minute acknowledge that that might be a possibility that they might have been trying to say that. Who did you? Who did you say Oscar the Grouch was? What did you say he had? His drug I said addict. a drug addiction because he's living. <laughs> Isn't the Cookie Monster? Oh, he's definitely. Uh, he's the he's drug the, addict out of the show. Did, did, well, yeah, yeah. Right. Anyhow, we We're are dealing digressing, with obesity. I think, Maybe right? Yeah, well, you are digressing. <laughs> Let's get back but on Jim to Henson Dark Hole. created some gold, man. Yeah. He did. 
Yeah, he the did. Show was was huge, and his vision for this movie, I, I think, is is extraordinary. I mean, as far as like, uh, again, an overall as a person of creating worlds, this, this mofo knows how to do it. Yeah, where I feel like they failed in um, that Oz movie. Return to Oz, Thank but but you. he didn't he didn't yeah, well yeah but he didn't even have a part in that that wasn't even a Jim, Hen- Jim Henson film and no that, no and I mean, it, it could show maybe I, that's why that shows no I agree yeah. because I think if you would have gave it to somebody like him again you wouldn't have people on rollerblades I was, I was about to say Jim <laughs> Jim Henson would come dogs. up with wheelers <laughs> no you had foxes on dogs yeah yeah right <laughs> with one eye and can't smell it's brilliant. I took that scene. Can we jump to that scene? I took that scene as the smell really wasn't there, just like the labyrinth didn't have any openings. Oh no! It's t- a matter of perception. I, t- I took because foxes have big foxes have noses. And oh, I thought I, just took it I thought he, the joke was that he 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 only he thought he had good smell. Yeah, it was the joke, and that he was just he really had no sense of smell. Yeah, hmm. that's the joke. It's called comedy, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, but that's a possibility. Kyle's like irony. What's that? I, well, the whole running theme was like nothing is as it seems. Could be in labyrinth. The, the, that was the whole. There's also running the possibility theme. that you know when you sit in a room for too long with a bad smell, you get used to that smell. <laughs> it would have been really funny if he had gotten out in the clean air. He was like, "What's that smell?" It's <laughs> <laughs> called clean air. It's repulsive. <laughs> I just mean that. Like, That's comedy. The detail that went into the world of building it. Oh yeah, um, the labyrinth itself. The, the 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 Muppets themselves, uh, you know, as far as detail into each one of the, even the look at the door knockers. Yeah. Yeah. Those things were awesome. Um yeah. you know, I could have done with a little less phallic images and peeing. <laughs> I could have done with a little even come on, dude. Even the two headed like the two headed doorkeepers where one of the heads is between the legs. Yeah. And they're like they're the dumb ones. Yeah. And the top and the and the top heads are the smart ones. Yeah. I mean that says something. Obviously. <laughs> You know, hit you over the head. With I thought that they one. were just supposed to resemble playing cards. But. I feel like there's a no. I, f- <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of um, like group groping in this movie too. They there's a lot of claustrophobia in this film. Group groping? No, yeah. there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of claustrophobia. There's in this like film. a lot of there's a lot like, of like masses of bodies, kind of like surrounding things. Yep. I've noticed that. That's a really interesting term I've never heard. Group, group groping. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be some new porn stuff. <laughs> group groping video. <laughs> trust, <laughs> trust me, Chris, it exists. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm sure that's not new. I'm sure that's somewhere out there, but I mean, as far as as that and and just being and then shooting that world also, um, the way this movie is shot is just if you watch it, the tricks that they use to hide some of the puppetry also is just yeah. it's just good filmmaking. It's really solid filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that I think that that honestly I, I'm probably gonna get beat up on here uh, that I think are a little lacking on this was the musical numbers. Yeah, I don't think they were hits. They weren't. Not you know, Dance Magic Dance is probably the biggest hit on there and I don't feel like it was really like as far as like lyrics go. No, I will definitely say that. What's the song where he, she's walking around that weird labyrinth like that where the gravity is all messed up and stuff like that and the baby. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh. the lyrics in that are just like it's just ridiculous. Some of gibberish. It's like just like a comet. <laughs> I see you in my heart, but you don't want me. Like, it's, it's <laughs> almost as bad as what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm making it up at the top of my head. Yeah. I it, believe that was part of the lyrics. I actually thought that was part been, of the lyrics. It could have been. been. It's it's definitely his B-roll. <laughs> like, he didn't know. Uh, Do you think it was just like, make this as weird and as possible and 
you know, we'll just put it a, a, to a musical number and, and people will just think it's some, you know, crazy goblin king speak. You know, it's I don't think that's the case. No, I mean, I, I mean, so I mean, in, in all honesty, we are talking about David Bowie, who I mean, he, he there's intelligence behind his bizarre creations. So there had to be something that he was seeing about the film or about the tone of the film that he was trying to capture. Or his character. Or his character, and he was trying to capture in the lyrics that, of the songs he wrote. I, I can't I can't sit there and say that it's just he just threw shit at the wall and something stuck. I'll tell you what song. I, I feel that way with the dudes who ripped their heads off. No, I was going to say that. That's the song I... Well, he didn't sing that song, I absolutely... No, he doesn't. No, but it was like, what the hell are they but saying? But I hate that song. I hate that you song. Getting chilly tell- with the fire gang... Get like, chilly. That's what you gotta do. You wanna be cool. All, you wanna I've be never, cool, you gotta get chilly. I've never heard that <laughs> word chilly. Like I get it, you're trying to use cool. They're cool. And, and every other chili is hot. Chilies are hot. They're all about fire, but they're cool. So oh. you're getting chilly with it. It's just such a bad song. <laughs> it's such a bad song. It it's, sticks it's, in your head. It's really the worst song of the, of the film. I, <laughs> I feel like they're the worst song characters has been in the stuck film. Stuck in oh, my yeah. head since that. Film, I feel, since feel I like that it. entire scene was not necessary. No, I feel like that was George Lucas's contribution. If you don't know, <laughs> it probably was George. <laughs> George Lucas is a producer of this film, uh, and he's notorious for putting racist characters in his movies. Yeah. Um, like Star Wars, and uh, uh, I feel like that was kind of with this because they're blatantly the black characters. Like it's 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 blatant. Yeah, I mean they definitely have a lot of them had like a, a Jamaican kind of vibe. Uh, they're accent shooting to dice. Them. They're shooting dice. I mean there's there's a lot of racial <laughs> slurs and shit. They're like in that. a tribe. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was one part of the movie where I was just like, "This doesn't fit." And you could probably just cut right. cut that scene out, and everything would be fine. It would be. It would. You don't even. You don't need it. You what would not what do they it. offer to the story? They don't offer anything to the story. Just not about a thing. Take, taking just a your song. Head off, taking your head off and throwing it. They offer a song. I feel yeah. like they were like, "We need one more song to actually make this a real musical." Now I will say this: the most frightening characters in the entire show or the entire movie. Though, as a kid, those. Those the things, fire guys? The fire guys scared the hell out of me. Really? Well, essentially what happens, she goes up, she walks in on them, they're just doing their thing, and then all of a sudden they're like, what's tear her head off? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and they get mad and because And she's like, it doesn't head- come off. Oh, no, it'll come off. <laughs> and then we're going to throw it around. Yeah. Then we're going to light pyro on fire. <laughs> we're going to light pyro on fire. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a weird scene. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah. It's very strange. It is very strange. It is very weird. I agree. It doesn't need to be there. Um, one of the things I really liked in the movie that uh, I don't think anybody's brought up, sorry, we're kind of just going all over the place on this one, um, is I really like the cleaner. Oh, oh yeah, the I do too. so cool. That yeah. thing is so badass. I will say that is one thing I did remember from seeing it yep. previously was the cleaner. When that came up, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that thing because... Uh, uh, I love how it how it's presented and shot because it just looks like this this you know evil ball of death rolling towards them and shit. And then as it passes by, it's just these small puppets like pedaling on it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but every, the thing, it's, everything's it's that great. way too. Like the giant um, axe swinging yeah. thing yeah. that guards the door. Um, mm-hmm. That's a, a, a little puppet machine. Like you know, hey, what was with that worm? Which in, one? The, in, in the beginning, oh, yeah. that just wants her to come yeah. in for some tea. No, uh, well, How the, the hell is she gonna get in there, bro? <laughs> you know what? I, I took that. That's a very Alice in Wonderlandy thing to do. Like, like the worm just offers like just to have a creature. To like, get well, I mean, yeah, that. But I mean, more along like of a creature not quite understanding 
the rules of physics. Okay. And maybe he doesn't simply because he's she he's the one that explains to her that the rules don't apply here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe he's just like, you're not seeing that. Yeah, you could totally come in if you wanted to. Like, he just wanted to give her some tea, man. He did. He was just trying to be hospitable. <clears throat> I thought he was trying to distract her. No, I think he. Was I mean, just everybody a, else is. I think he was just. I mean, the, the, when he says it at the end, he's just like, if she had gone that way, she would have went straight to the castle. Like, I mean, I think he was just not understanding she didn't why, why she, she would want to go to the Goblin King's castle because that's where danger lies. Right. You know, that's how he was seeing it. Yeah. Huh. Or she could have some really good damn worm tea. Yeah. Pass yeah. bomb ass He was tea. high. Yeah, worm tea. I don't yeah. know, man. I'm just hanging out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking this fatty. Um, so uh, any dialogue that is super memorable to anyone? <laughs> Spout it out. <laughs> not all at once. Just throw it out there. The dialogue isn't anything it's that's really, really that great. No. I mean, that's not why. Jennifer Conley's performance friends. giving the dialogue is what's great. I think she's really good. Are you kidding me? What? She's good in this movie. What are you she's talking about? She's, oh my God. she's like 16 or something. Yeah, she for, for the role she was playing. She like, gets better it, as the movie goes on, but man, is she stale in the, in the, oh in the beginning. The acting is Stop so crying, baby. <laughs> and, and quite honestly, can I say of Sarah, I've always found her to be an irritating character. She is, but you're. I feel at like the beginning, I'm like. Definitely. I feel like that's because I honestly feel like it's because I am uh, like I'm a boy. <laughs> okay. Well, no, because it's it, like as a boy, you're not. It, I, I mean, I don't want to say it's. You know, how do I put this? It's not tread cautiously. No, no, no. It's <laughs> like I didn't have the experience. Of, I was the little brother. Like I was never in charge of me. Like I didn't have. It's hard for me to relate to that scenario because you didn't have to be the older sibling taking care exactly. of somebody. Exactly, but I could see from her perspective. Just how annoying that is when you want to be a teenager or you want to be a kid and your parents are forcing you to grow up. Yeah. It's frustrating. Mm -hmm. You don't want to grow up, Mike. You're a Toys R Us kid. (laughs) I know that was long ago for you, so it's hard to remember. But there was a point (laughs) where you didn't want to, you weren't growing up and you didn't want to. I don't remember such a day. I know. It was really long ago. He fucking came out of the womb drinking cappuccino, reading the New York Times. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did. He's like, is can, can this be over already? Yeah, he was born with house slippers. No, I think it was just her <laughs> persistence to live in this fantasy realm that I was just kind of like irked by, because it's just I understand it's supposed to come off as like an innocence. Yeah, I mean that the, she's trying to hold on to, but for me it's just like you see her. She, she how old does she look to everybody here? Sixteen? I was gonna say like fourteen. I would say fourteen. Okay, I'm still looking at it as just kind of like you were the girl in high school that like the goths that were just kind of like well isn't she okay, like you're in living drama? in a world that doesn't what's isn't that she in drama like, i don't yeah. think it's ever there's really a scrapbook ex- yeah there's no, a she's, scrapbook of like bro, playbills look at her whole room. of her and she's reading it like it's a play there's a scrapbook then, of like playbills that her. explains why i was so irritated by theater kids in high school Boom. she's reading <laughs> it like it's a play look at the posters in the room she's got a cat's poster She's got, an, I think, like another Broadway so she's poster. Aspiring no, drama she's definitely, student. definitely. There's an Evita poster. There is a Cats poster. Um, she's definitely theatrical. That's well, for sure. She's she's doing plays out in her backyard, essentially. Yeah. That's what I'm and saying. She's trying to memorize monologues. And you didn't think that she was in like, an, oh, which a, I fucking love that first drama? scene because that first scene of the movie, where uh, who's I can't remember who said it, but it was it was like, look, the first scene of the movie is. Jennifer Connelly trying to remember her lines in the film. That's, that's what it felt. <laughs> she was practicing her lines for later, and they just rolled camera on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I always think forget that part. That, beca- <laughs> that becomes the major plot point, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I want to know where this was filmed because I want to live in that town. You don't really see much of it. Yeah, in the beginning you do, and I'm like, I want to live there. It's probably like Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was could beautiful. Be. It could be the Hamptons. It was the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Bronx. No way. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's get down to it. Likes and dislikes. Finally, we've got to that portion of the show. Shar. Shar? Sure. So you can tell us your likes. Okay, and likes. Um, yeah, all the uh, the the puppeteering and the creatures and stuff were like really fun to look at. Who's your favorite? The the fox that rides the dog. Didn't Did, I already say that? What's his name? Deminus. Sir Didymus. Sir, Sir Didymus. Sir Didymus is my favorite for sure. He's he's hilarious. Is it because he has the most character? I don't know. I just found it humorous. I guess is is really what it boils down to. Oh, because you got the joke that he w- he was supposed to smell good and he thought he smelled good, but he really doesn't. It's not about getting the joke. It's you just got about it. Laughing at the character. You sure. got it though, <laughs> right? You got that. Did I need to get that? Well, yeah, because Kyle didn't. <laughs> I w- I was taking that shit deep. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I I mean I do like all of that. Obviously, I I, I think it's really amusing to see David Bowie as the Goblin King. So. Like those are, you know, it's it's visually fun to watch. Dislikes, um, again, I wish it, I wish it had a nostalgic place in my heart because like I, it felt kind of slow and and a little boring to me. Like, and that's kind of how I felt the first time I watched it. So I guess maybe for me, like the pacing is like I'm not looking forward to that next scene because this happens. Do you like, ever I feel don't... like she's in real peril, and that's maybe why? No, you I, I not not that. not really. Mm-hmm. I mean. I guess maybe when she was close to falling in the 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 what was it the fart swamp fart swamp <laughs> no it's called something I don't else. think she's ever in real life or death peril I think that the big peril is whether or not she's going to choose to leave this baby in this fantasy realm and then see just I, ne- I dip never out. I never got the That's feeling the that she was dilemma. going to leave the baby because never. the yeah. entire movie is her Trying journey to get, to get the baby no, no no I understand I understand that um, in a film a hero. You can you can pretty much gather who the hero is, and you can gather that hero is never going to die. Sure, you know yeah, what I mean. But I don't like you know that in an action film, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to succeed at the end. He's not going to die. Well, that would be a bad movie. <laughs> it would be a pretty bad movie. <laughs> what I'm saying or is that amazing. Death, it's called T two. Yeah, isn't, it happens. What I'm it saying is amazing. What I'm saying is just that <laughs> death wasn't the big threat for her in this film. The big threat is her choosing. Not to save her yeah, brother. Yeah, but they don't even portray that very well. Yeah, I don't feel like that was an option. She, given yeah, she her. was constantly trying to get there to save like her brother. T- like yeah. David Bowie's save temptations. That's not even a threat. The Goblin's King's temptations are really never made clear of what the temptations offer her to 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 choose not taking her brother back. Yeah, th- they could have went further with that. There could have been a scene, rather than she eats the peach, has the little... Whatever masquerade ball. She eats the mushrooms. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, she has that masquerade ball. It could have. They could have pushed the thing where she forgets a little bit harder because even when she forgets, there's it's still this lingering thing in the back of her mind. Well, even that, but there's like that. No, I'm definitely looking for something other than this damn teddy bear. I'm definitely looking. It would have been nice to see her be like, "Nope, I'm out," and then maybe Hoggle has to come and save the day and say, "No, look," but. You were looking for your brother. No, but my argument. No, I wasn't. My I argu- guess you were. My argument is, is that it's never made clear of what's so great on the uh, why the grass is so much greener on the other side. Like why? Why would it be so great for her not to have her brother? 
Because then she can keep on, she can keep her childhood uh, like we've we've discussed. But it's never really made clear. The, the baby is the thing. It's is the new thing coming into her reality that's stealing the childhood. Because now it's but it, the baby. But it's really never made clear visually. Like they try to do visual images, like the little ball things floating in her dressed up ball, like a princess, and yeah. and other scenarios. Right. But it's never really explained by the Goblin King. Like, look at the life I'll be granting you. You'll have all your parents' attention. You'll have all this free time right. with your. You friends. know what? And that's the thing Ed, well I'll go right into a dislike that I have that whole that whole conversation that they have at the end of the film it's so weird how he's describing it it's just like you can have anything you want just as long as you're my slave but you get to rule me but you're also my slave like yeah he talks about like he talks in like these weird like they're two diametrically opposed ideas sure you can't be a slave and be a ruler but that's what he's presenting yeah, to her yeah, in this can. weird yeah, way that like it's called marriage <laughs> is it, do you think that's called marriage? Do you think that's what he's saying? I do. He's saying if you marry me, you become my queen. You can have everything you want, but you have to. You have to be subordinate to me. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Only to him. I think that's one of the overlaying. It, messages I would have liked. I, I would have liked him to to outright have said that. Marry me. I he can't because he's 176 years old and she's 14. <laughs> That's a creepy. I That's mean, a borderline that they walk this whole film. Yeah, it's true. I thought it a couple times. It's like, okay, so yeah. this guy's in love with her and she's 14. Obviously, because especially during that ballroom dance thing, mm-hmm. you can tell that. I mean, that supposed to be romantic. I think one of his That's first lines is something about falling you you want your you know i'm yours or like you wanted me to fall in love with you or something like yeah that. she like, says it when she's t- telling the story that when she gives when she's telling the story to toby she's telling the story of the goblin king falls in love with the girl who gives away the baby and she gets special powers which is never brought up when she's there because i'm always like what special powers does she have but that's never brought up okay well let, let's talk about something else then let's talk about this baby yeah okay so as I've always understood huge it, huge like you li- the baby, great performance great. by the baby, cries great five stars, cries all the time. Actually, interesting fact: uh, it was David Bowie that was doing the uh, baby sounds, the Goo Goo Gaga sounds during the Magic Dance song. Oh, really? Yeah, he was actually providing the voice for that, which is a That's testament to his talent. That's strange. Um, no, here's my question about the baby. Okay, as I've always understood it from watching this film. The goblins are babies. That's what I got from They him. were always, they're babies that he has taken yes. and then he turns them into goblins. Yes. Yep. But I do get the impression that this specific baby is very important to him. Yes, because it has his eyes. No, the baby's important to him because of his two be, different be, colored be, eyes? No. Because Jesus. he's in love with Jennifer Connelly? Because Connelly? he's in love with Jennifer Connelly. So this baby is his way to get Jennifer Connelly to him. But he doesn't want Jennifer Connelly to make yeah. it to the castle. He's he's doing he, everything in his he way. Want, possi- he wants he wants her to be in his land so that he can convince her to not go to the castle and stay with so him. So after the thirteenth hour, then he's just like, "Hey!" Eventually, <laughs> he wants her at the castle with him, but she doesn't. But well, want, after the thirteenth hour, well after thirteenth hour, okay. That's why his baby's so special. Well, it's also easier to keep her too with the baby. Like, hey, the baby's now mine. bartering chip. Yeah, you gotta stay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, girl? You okay. Gotta, you got <laughs> you, you ain't like if that, ba- if that baby had turned into a goblin, a there's no way she's gonna abandon him. She's gonna feel guilty about it, and uh, b- and by way, I imagine her character would choose to stay just to be close to it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? You mean her brother? It? Her brother. Please talk about the baby like it's a person. I'm describing it as a goblin. It becomes an it. I don't know. I don't know. 
I feel weird about that. Well, he that. says he does everything for her. You know, he's like, I took this baby for you. I, you know. And yeah, but then he says something it's weird. All, it's all what very one-sided, but like. I scared the crap out of you so that you would feel this way. He says, he talks about things in such a He's like, this is getting weird, exhausting. Like a psychopath would talk about things. Like, I've done everything for you. I tried to murder you, remember? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Remember when I tried to murder you? You wanted to die, remember? <laughs> like, that's how I get, like, he's talking and so, oh, it was God. Re- it, That was a really weird scene. It's yeah, such it a weird scene. I don't know what point he was attempting to make. I don't know if he knew what point he was attempting I think, to make. No, I think the, the point that, that they were uh, attempting to make was uh, <clears throat> about a man and a woman. And just how, it, like, I feel like that's a lot of the relationship. Like, a lot of it is, I feel like, relationships that she'll go through. Like, a guy who will run away and come back, run away and come back, run away and come back, but in, in, and have feelings for you. But he's. Only I know, there. everybody knows that guy that tries yeah. to control rocks. <laughs> everybody knows that guy. No, that's your dumb, that's the dumb guy you meet. Yeah, that you fall in love with, and he's just sweet because he. But dumb. he's got one good trick. Yeah, <laughs> he's got exactly. Yeah, you know, he Sir can, Didymus, he always comes to your aid. Yeah. except he's short. He's, he's just a no, little. He's, he's short. He's short. He's, and he won't he's shut the up. The prince, charming. He loves dogs. He's short and he won't shut up. You know, <laughs> he's just super annoying. Like, we're gonna hang out tonight, or are we not gonna hang out tonight, Sarah? So <laughs> <laughs> he's always <sighs> starting. A, he's always starting a fight in yeah. a bar. So who was the best match for Sarah then? Who was the best boyfriend? I guess Hoggle. Uh, I don't think there, nah, he, no. there's there's no doubt that Hoggle is the one she has the biggest connection with. Yeah, because she keeps forgiving him for everything. No, I know, but that has a lot to do with it. I mean, she's the one that I mean, growing all, together. He's all the other characters immediately are like, "We're friends, cool." He's, Hoggle's he's, the only one she has to flawed, fight for. That. He's flawed, yeah. and he can admit it. It's true. Boom. It's true. He does. And it's kind of like it just tells you too, like she wants to change him. Ah, she's the. Uh, He's the, uh, he's you know, the, uh, he's the guy that you, that you always try to change. Oh, the project, yeah, the, the project, project boyfriend. He's the project boyfriend. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me on Labyrinth. I'll break it down. <laughs> wow, Cody, coming out with the fan theories tonight. <laughs> not fan theories. This is all factual. Anyways, guys, it's not factual. We're gonna take a break, <laughs> and when we come back, we're gonna talk more about Labyrinth. You cowered before me. I was frightened. I have reordered time. I have turned the world upside down. And I have done it all for you. I am exhausted from living up to your expectations. Isn't that generous? Through dangers and tones and hardships and number, I have fought my way here to the castle beyond the Goblin City. All right, guys, we are back, and we are talking about Labyrinth, and I kind of want to go into, like, rating this Mammer Jammer. Um, we've kind of been all over the place this show. I, I feel like we've missed a lot, so people are probably going to yell at us for that, too. Sorry, but we can't cover everything in, like, 45 minutes to an hour. It's just impossible with this film. Uh, what I want to rate it is Bowie Bulges. Um, so let's start off with Kyle. Kyle, I'm kind of interested because you haven't said too much. Um, or maybe you have. I don't know. I haven't been listening to you. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, what would you, how many bulges are you going to rate this? Uh, I'm going to rate this four bulges. Uh, I, I really enjoy this film. Um, I think the character of the Goblin King is, um, really just bizarre and weird and out there and perfect for David Bowie to portray. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Jennifer Connelly's performance in the first half of the film, like you said, but it definitely improves at the end. Um, but overall, the world that Jim Henson created 
and a lot of the characters' backgrounds and kind of driving motivation is really good. I like this movie. Um, yeah, four bulges, four Bowie bulges. All right, Mike. It sounds like a sounds like a dude you meet at like you know. It sounds like like a like, like if you're if you're in big business like you know this is someone that like you go to if you need like you know legal advice <laughs> bodies dumped <laughs> Bo- Bowie bulges you know B- Bowie bulges tickets sounds like a, like, a, like a weird mafia boss a well endowed mafia boss <laughs> Bowie bulges everybody knows Bowie bulges <laughs> Bowie bulges he's the biggest man on town and I mean that in different ways. <laughs> Mike, Anyways. how many Bowie bulges are you gonna give this? Uh, wow. Okay, I was gonna give it a solid five bulges, but um. Whoa, there's a butt. Whoa, there's yeah. a butt. Rock talking hard, everybody. Rock there, hard bulges. Talking there, everybody. <laughs> is there a butt swamp? It's a slightly, it's yeah. a slightly soft bulge. It's a slightly, soft bulge. It's a slightly going down bulge. Um, <laughs> half mass, half mass bulge going on. Um, no, talking to you guys, I I I found some things that I actually kind of disliked about the film. You know, namely. Some of Sarah, Sarah's character, like, whether they fleshed out what they were trying to say about everything and how they put it all together, um, I guess I'm just going to give it four bulges um, and dock it a bulge. A go- a w- a dock it one whole bulge. One full bulge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go next. I will say that, for me, the shining thing of this is not obviously the story in the script because I don't feel like they, they convey that clearly. I feel like that's probably the biggest weakness in this film. Um, I would say, though, the world that he creates and the visuals that Jim Henson gives you are amazing. And there's not a lot of movies that are on par with this, especially like a gothic fairy tale world. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to try to give me another movie that does it besides like Wizards in a Dark Twisted animated way also, mm-hmm. but just takes it completely darker. Um, you know, and Dark Crystal, which Jim Henson did also. Exactly. There's really, no, there's really nothing that, that that is like this. So that alone, there, I think, is very special. And 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 Bowie was perfect for the character that they needed him to play, where he was this kind of like whimsical. Um, but no, I think he he plays the, the the Goblin King perfectly for what they, they for toning it down to making it the kids movie. They could have gone a totally different direction with that, mm-hmm. um, and I think they went with a smart direction on that, um, where it was more of like I don't know, like this feminine but also masculine, strong, strong character. Yeah, He's very it, strong. He's a very strong character. It's it's uh, it was is well done. Um, and just that being memorable stuff. So I, I mean, I'm going to also give it. Four bulges. Can I say something? I have a competing film that creates a world. Okay. Never-ending story. Oh, oh agree. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agree. agree. Less puppets, but still puppets. There's still a lot, though. Ooh, I mean, there's some puppets. There's one big puppet. Puppets. Big rock puppet. Big rock puppet. About but I mean, that was, that's a battle Falcor. I like to see. Ludo versus... Oh, rock guy. Well, he would, Ludo would obviously win because Ludo has the power to control rocks. So yeah, you just true. tear him well, apart. Well, you know, there was one thing I mentioned uh, is that uh, how come Ludo couldn't just like ask the walls to move because they're all made of stone? Right, that's <laughs> what I was thinking too. Like, why don't you just bring the castle down? Like, yeah. I don't get it. You just like tear it down if you wanted to. All right, Chris, how many bulges? Um, I labyrinth. Um, I, you know, it's not uh, doesn't hold a special place in my heart. Um, I know I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for that. Um, I do appreciate David Bowie's appearance as the Goblin King. I think that, to me, was probably one of the most entertaining things about the film. 
I was never really into any, like, very much Jim Henson stuff, so the Muppet thing, it doesn't, like, snag me. Like, it doesn't hook me in, like... How is it that you love... Hold on. Just to interrupt you. Right. Yeah. How is Let it... me interrupt your review. Yeah. How is it you like practical effects in every other movie but this? It's a little... I mean, I do like... I, I, you know, that's one of the positives, I would say, is the effects, but it just... The overall idea of the Muppet world, like, it doesn't... Hook me. Uh, I, I will say I am not a fan. Dark Crystal. I dislike that movie. That's a, you I know what I'll, 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 like I'll say this. I like this film let's, more than I like Dark Crystal. Oh, so do I. Dark Crystal is let's stop interrupting Chris though. But slow. <laughs> let's let Chris yeah. get his thoughts. So, so we no, can argue some more. You know, for me, it's like again. I if, if I maybe had seen this when I was a a, a young kid. And fell in love with it. You know what I mean? I, I would have been like maybe my opinion would be different. But because I've seen this only twice and it was later in my life, I feel like it just doesn't have the it doesn't pull me in as much. And I, again, do appreciate it for all the reasons like the artistic reasons. And, of course, David Bowie's performance and the fact that it's kind of a musical. But um, I'm going to have to go with the two and a half bulges on Labyrinth. Down the middle. He's just down the wow. middle. Yeah. Gave down it a middle. down the middle. I will say I didn't see this movie until probably my freshman year of high school. That was when like my love of film just got extremely ridiculous. And I just start, started watching everything. But, yeah, I mean, I can kind of see where you're coming from. But, I, I mean, I appreciated the film. The story also like a really lot more doesn't. Than you did. The story doesn't really like draw me in much either. So you know that that was kind of a struggle for me as well. Yeah. So definitely not on par with writing in this movie, but in terms of visuals and w- creating a world, it's fantastic. I agree. Yeah, it's. I think that's mostly what it's about. Honestly, is the visual aspect of this film. It, yeah. That's the that's the strength. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at ColtFilm underscore review. You follow us on Instagram at ColtFilm underscore review. Hey, if you're on it, go ahead and check us out on Facebook. I don't know if people are still on that. We're on it, so go check it out. Uh, you can follow Mike at? At Mike Salusio on Twitter. And you can see me. Or, well, I guess you would see, see it. Me. You would see it. You would see it because you got to read the words. Read. Your picture you is on there. Your picture's up there. Right? Yeah, are they? Yeah, I think okay. you have you have a picture on there. If you, Why would Chris know? Well, you don't even at, know your own website. He doesn't even know. It's not even Hold your on. website. Hold on. <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't said it yet. Oh. He hasn't screwed it up yet. He still has Let's time. Let's wait for it. Go ahead. Work, the work name of the blog <laughs> is friendlynaborhoodfilmmaking.com. Oh, he got it. First time in wow. What is this? Thirty-four episodes. Thirty-seven shows. Thirty-seven years. I don't know. Guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Colt Film Cody. Um, is that it? What? We don't have anything else to plug, right? Oh, if you have a fan pick, please, by all means, let us know. All right, guys. So remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>